Welcome to Strictly JoJo, a podcast dedicated to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, where every JoJo episode is reviewed by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. This is episode 24, and we're reviewing part two, Battle Tendency, The Ties That Bind JoJo. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the JoJo anime, so you've been warned. I can't believe we're on episode 24 of season one of part two of Battle Tendency, of, of Joseph JoJo's. Joestar, <laughs> of, of JoJo's, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. adventure. <laughs> this is crazy. I, I, I don't know. When we started this podcast, I was like, man, it's going to be a long time before we get through the first season, the first two parts of JoJo. It's weird saying season one, right? Because we go by parts here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, here we are, almost the end of the year and almost the end of part two. And soon we'll be diving into part six, which is random but amazing now we've watched part two for it feels like almost the whole year yeah i think so um i think we switched over to part two on episode 10 of strictly jojo and that was about six months ago looking at our our episode list here so half a year or so we've we've been talking about everything joseph Joestar, everything battle tendency and it's been great because i love joseph Joestar. Yeah, I can't believe it's winding down. I mean, I know there's part three coming up, which I'm excited for, but I guess I'm just feeling a little bittersweet now that we're reaching the final two episodes. I know each part is so different, um, even down to the animation style, that they they hold a, a special place in our, our hearts, each and every one of them, including part one. You got to love part one for what it is. Part what? Part one. Part what? Part one. <laughs> no, we don't talk about that. No, we love <laughs> so, part one. Sorry, John. Maybe just not as enthusiastically as the other parts, but yes, all parts are fantastic. And before we get into this discussion on episode 24 of, well, it's not episode 24 of part two, but it's episode 24 of season one. It's weird. I don't know. The numbering's weird, guys. But anyway, before we get into this discussion, we would love to give a huge shout out to our newest patron, Ryan S. Ryan, 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 Ryan. <laughs> Thank you so much for supporting us here at the Strictly Series, supporting our podcast, helping us continue to make anime content, and of course, share our love of JoJo and anime with the community. We seriously appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much, Ryan S. Your support means zawardo Zawardo. <laughs> and if you'd like to support the show and get access to things like bonus episodes and the pre-show, our show schedules, our personal schedules. Uh. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but submit your, and to submit questions for us to answer on our podcast and in our patron-only Q&A, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series. And with that, let's jump in episode okay i'm not gonna say episode numbers the ties that bind jojo here we are we are finally getting the big reveal although it wasn't really a big reveal because they kind of hinted at it pretty uh pretty strongly that lisa lisa is in fact joseph Joestar's mother yeah yeah that's it that's that's the episode no it was it was a very good episode um i enjoyed the way that they did the reveal that it's actually through Smokey's narration well I guess not Smokey's narration. Like he's the wagon one telling Smokey the story. Yeah, and it was like Smokey who kind of brought it to the forefront because clearly the Joe Star slash Speedwagon family has been trying to keep it a secret forever. So it's kind of cool that um, this new member of the family is the catalyst that 
you know, allows us to find out the truth behind Lisa Lisa and, and why she was not part of Joseph's life for the majority of it. And of course, you have that reveal wedged in between what we think is the end of the battle between uh, Cars and Joseph. Um, and then we find out it's just like Cars resurrects from the dead, just like Jesus <laughs> at the very end. Um, <laughs> the ultimate life form. Yeah, so this episode is all about suspect endings for the final Pillarman. Um, and it, you know, before we find out what actually happens to him, it's very unceremonious and unfulfilling um, until, again, we see him don the stone masks. But I think accompanied with that, there's just a lot of very implausible moments in this episode, even for like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, And that's saying something. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, again, even with getting uh, Lisa Lisa's plot, no pun intended, <laughs> um, you know, s- kind of cementing her as a really badass character with what motivates her. Um, there's even some implausibility in that as well. So that kind of took me off guard. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't call this like a transitional episode, but even I'm looking at the, like the Jojo wiki for episode 24 and even one of the creative directors calls this episode somewhat of a filler. Um, but I think like it, it still gets the point across, again, with exposition about the Joe Starr's story, as well as trying to lead us ne- into the climax of part two. See, that's interesting, because I don't feel it's filler at all, because it, it I guess, quote-unquote, fi- uh, kind of like fills out, fills out, what what's the word I'm looking for? It it finishes the the battle, I guess the first part of the battle with cars. And I think the backstory with Lisa Lisa and Joseph is incredibly important to Joseph's overall story. Um, I mean, it it's a huge plot piece that he doesn't have parents, at least because he thinks that they died um long ago. And Lisa Lisa is an instrumental person in his growth as a hamon master hamon wielder and to know that they are tied this closely because they are literally you know son and and mother i think that's so important it's kind of like how in part three jotaro's whole motivation is saving his mother here that might not be joseph's all you know his whole motivation but we know how important family is to him and to know that this is the mother that he never got to have a relationship with I think is I don't know to me that that's that's incredibly important to this part into Joseph's story. No, I agree. It, it's definitely important, um, and I think they just and this like they put this exposition in the right spot, considering it's it's almost like a break between the battles. Um, but I think holistically, I just see this as again moving from one one moment to another with the focus really being on these last two episodes with cars is resurrected cars resurrected as like the ultimate being. And so we move on to our summary and discussion for part two, episode 15, the ties that bind Jojo as cars continues his sultry saunter towards Joseph, who in his attempt to finish off both Hamon heroes, the jockey Joe star lights his scarf on fire to motivate his ass to beat the shit out of cars. Little does the Pillarman know that it was a convoluted trap for Josephu to sock cars with the last of his Hamon overdrive, 
a trap that for me to even try to fucking explain would be of no benefit to anyone. As Cars falls to his death and Joseph who tends to a gravely wounded Lisa Lisa, Speedwaifu uses the lull in action as an opportunity to tell Smokey about Lisa Lisa's true past. We learn that Lisa Lisa's real name is Elizabeth and that she married Irina Bachan's son, military pilot George Joestar, before giving birth to the peculiar protagonist of Part 2. After her husband was mauled to death by his Royal Flying Corps commander, who was secretly a former zombie servant of Dio, because that seems entirely plausible, she left her son to avenge George's death and go on the lamb. Irina Bachan subsequently decided to keep Josephu's true past a secret for fear of Josephu's involvement in the never-ending battle between the Hamon and Stone Mask users, at least until the beginning of Part 3. Well, a lot of good that secrecy did, as we jump back into the present World War II timeline, where Metal Gear Stroheim gears up to eliminate cars with his rear UV mirrors. And at the last second, however, the pesky Prilliman dons a stone mask embedded with the super hot fire Aja, absorbing the artificial light to catapult him into his final Pokemon evolution, super hot fire cars, the ultimate being. And now onto our next segment of the show is that a music reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music, but there are none. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> you could have at least named his dad George Michael Joestar. Uh, That's all I will say. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I see that. Well, now it's time for the JoJo meme rundown, where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. And I have one. I do have one. And it's a fun one. This meme, I have no fucking idea what it's called. Um, I think it's I think it's commonly known as Cars' face, because <laughs> it literally is Cars' face. It's after he becomes the ultimate life form, and you just see his face over the fucking universe i don't know and it's just like this odd expression i call it space face (laughs) (laughs) but i don't think that's the official term but um you usually see this used in memes where someone has like an epiphany or some you know big brain moment and it it works it fits i don't know i didn't even realize that this meme came from jojo i know i've seen it well before i ever watched jojo's bizarre adventure and I had no clue what it was until this episode aired. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's where that came from. So I myself had a space face moment. (laughs) When you saw the space (laughs) face, Cars' space face. But yes, that is the meme that I caught for this episode. As always, if we forgot any memes, please reach out and let us know so we can honor every single JoJo meme. This episode starts off different than most episodes because we get this weird recap And not only do we get a weird recap, it's the narrator recapping the previous episode for us. And yeah, it's just, it's odd. We normally don't do recaps. We do cold opens. See, that's why I think this, when the director uh, mentioned, I think he mentioned in like the Blu-ray commentary that this was, he felt like it was a filler. I think they just needed something to, to fill in the time slot. And so they just decided to have the narrator narrate the past events of the previous episode. Yeah, okay, I could see that, but I still think it's... To me, it doesn't feel like filler. Maybe in their in their planning phase, it was seen as filler, but I still think it's an important episode. It never felt like filler to well, me. Well, that's so. why we call it transitional, trademark. I don't even know if it's transitional. I, I'm going to go that I far. I, it's... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's transitional because I think it's important background of a character, so I can't... To me, I can't call that transitional because it's not really... I don't know, like, it's it's important. 
it could have been maybe it could have been delivered differently like the backstory pieces but i still think it's very critical but either way we get this weird recap and it kind of took me by surprise and i'm like okay i don't know we needed that but we got it and we dive right into it with Speedwagon basically telling Smokey that now is not the right time to tell Joseph that Lisa Lisa is his mom, even though she's hanging, you know, literally by her feet um, in a moment of life or death. And honestly, I agree. I think that would have been a terrible time to tell Joseph that, by the way, that lady that you're, you know, you're holding by a rope is your mother. <laughs> yeah, I think that would just cause him more emotional grief um, and probably not make him think straight in the moment so i thought that, that was a good call on Speedwagon's part a hundred percent i i see where smokey's going right because if lisa lisa dies in this moment um you know and joseph finds out after that that was his mom that that's got to be pretty terrible um but luckily it doesn't pan out that way which is a great thing but it does make me want to quickly bring up this idea of them not telling joseph about his parents and what really happened we may have talked about this earlier on in part two but i do want to you know revisit or visit this topic i don't know from your point of view do you think that Anina and speedwagon did the right thing by not telling joseph i can see the their intentions behind it and i think later on um in speedwagon's story uh, that he tells to joseph not to joseph to Smokey, where am i going tonight <laughs> um that you know, Elena has suffered so much loss in her life. Um, she lost her husband, of course, Jonathan, um, and her her son George, um, who are both technically victims of this this conflict with the stone mask. And so she doesn't want to also lose her grandson Joseph to the same fate. But that's the key word in this, which is fate. Like the Joe Star lineage from that very moment that the original George Joestar got in that accident with that stone mask, like that sealed the destiny for this family for generations to come. Like you can't escape fate at that point. So trying to hide it from Joseph doesn't mean that he is going to be any stranger to it. I 100% agree. I can see both sides of things, right? Like not telling Joseph to protect him. I, I think Irina's heart was in the right place. Um, but I think it was a, a futile effort because on the flip side, they, they really should have told him. I mean, the, the right thing to do is to tell him the truth. And if anything, if this is fate, if they know this is coming regardless, why not have him know the truth? Why not have him train earlier on with, with Hamon? Can you imagine how very different part two would have unfolded if Joseph grew up having learned Hamon? He would basically be like Lisa Lisa. He would basically mm -hmm. be a Hamon master, and then we probably wouldn't have part two because he would have just destroyed everyone real fast. So <laughs> maybe it would have been less entertaining, and we wouldn't have gotten the Joseph Joestar that we have today. But if you think about it from like a realistic standpoint, that would have been the better way to go. Tell him, it may be hard, you may be putting him at risk, but if he is the one fated to save the world from this this huge threat, you can't really put a stop to that. And I think it's weird that they they tell Smokey, but they don't tell Joseph. And they tell Smokey knowing that like he's not a lifelong friend, he's a new friend, he's a new part of the family, but yet they tell him and they never told joseph well, <laughs> like, isn't that weird well speak again says it's because smokey has dedicated so much to this family in the short time that he's known joseph um 
especially with taking care of uh, Irina, that Speedwagon trusts him enough with the story. But th- and that's great. Like I'm not saying Smokey didn't deserve to know, but it's also like, damn, you tell Smokey, but you don't tell Joseph. Like, uh, yeah, I if get that. Too. If the plan is to never tell Joseph, then don't tell Smokey. But if the plan is to tell Joseph at some point, then okay, fine. I guess you could you could tell Smokey ahead of time. So it's like, were they planning to tell Joseph about Lisa Lisa? Like maybe once all the the craziness was over. Yeah, I, I was gonna know. say like, after that, once once his once cooler heads prevail, but. <laughs> I know that um, they think that he dies at the end of this part, so there was a missed opportunity there. But he finds out anyways afterwards. Yeah, so. and I mean to be fair, I'm sure they were planning. Like I, I'm sure once they were able to, like you know, say comfortably that the threat is gone, that Lisa Lisa would want to start a you know an actual relationship with her son and get to know him and everything. So yeah, maybe they were planning to tell him. Um, that that's the only rationale I can think of, and I, you know, I think that's pretty good headcanon. One thing I want to ask, how strong is Lisa Lisa's heel? Like her, the heel of her foot. Oh, she's, she's been got a rope dangling it? yeah, the yeah. whole fucking Well, it's not the rope, it's like the there's like a dagger through her her foot, isn't there? Yeah, he stabs a hole and then puts the rope through her foot. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. either way like hanging by that like I don't I would imagine like it's your Achilles heel and one of one of the weaker parts of your body. Right? I mean, if she weren't a hormone master, we're probably talking permanent damage. <laughs> we're <laughs> probably talking like amputated foot at that point. Mm. But yeah, she's a hormone master, so maybe she's all good. But know. like she's been dangling that whole time. Like I'm sure her getting feet like whipped around too. <laughs> yeah, like her feet can't support the weight of her entire body for that long without you know it falling, the rest of her body falling off. But yeah, like you said, she's a hormone master, so. And you got Jojo logic to protect you, so Mm -hmm. it's all good. That plot armor. (laughs) Yeah. And during this fight, I I just want to call out, Cars does that fucking saunter again down the catwalk. And I mean real sassy this time. He's got hand on hip, just like his pecs just moving back and forth, those thighs coming at Joseph. It's it's kind of intimidating and he sexy thinks all the he same got time. It. He's got yeah. it in the bag. It's it's that confident saunter and it's just it's amazing. So I just side note, that was great. Um but yeah, we see this fight kind of, you know, unfold a bit more. Joseph ups the ante by lighting his scarf on fire to motivate himself. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Um, and then cars make some comment about Joseph really struggling and doing some some weird shit. And I, one of the quotes that I really appreciated from him in this moment was Joseph saying, I got to breathe. You think I care if I look like an idiot? And that's kind <laughs> of like, that's kind of his whole mentality. He's not an eloquent person. He's not like some master, you know, fighter or anything like that. He he just does what he needs to do to get by. And that's if that means tricking someone, if that means looking like an idiot, that's fine. He's just doing it. And I think that's one of the best ways um, or one of the best qualities for Joseph to have against the pillar man is that he is such an unorthodox fighter, some something that they can't expect. Although I know that ACDC has called out that he can kind of call out um, Joseph scheming. Um, and then here also Cars is defeated as a result of Joseph scheming. But I, again, I think that's one of the best qualities that Joseph has in his fight against these opponents. And Joseph may fight, you know, slyly or with a lot of trickery, but Cars fights dirty as fuck, and that pisses Joseph off, and he does that multiple times. Just, like, these dirty-ass moves, especially tricking Lisa Lisa in the beginning and, and stabbing her through the chest, it's just it's just something that Joseph cannot accept. Like he, he uses another sleight of hand 
um, or, or foot, I guess, uh, trick in this moment where he, he bests cars by tying a rope, not only around his own foot, but also around cars' foot, which, as you mentioned, is like completely, inex- yeah, it's, it's completely inexplicable. <laughs> they don't even attempt to try and like, you know, like secretly animate it. Like, you know, if, if you look closely, you can see him doing this. Like they don't even attempt to do any of that shit. It just is what it is. Right. But, but anyway, yeah. that, that even though we can't explain that situation, that's another moment where Joseph is tricking someone, but it, it's not really seen as fighting dirty. It's just seen as taking advantage of the opponent because they're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. But again, cars fights dirty over and over again and doesn't give a shit about it. And that, that is the reason that Joseph hates him despite never saying that he hates somebody. And I like that Joseph gets the last laugh after he's duped Cars. How even trying to listen to Cars' explanation of how he got duped was just, I couldn't process it. But <laughs> I just love that Joseph says to Cars as he falls like onto those spikes and gets impaled, like, you may have lived 10,000 years, but you'll need another 10 to best me. Like, Which is great. <laughs> yeah, because you had, again, Cars sauntering with all the confidence in the world. And then that's just ripped out from under him with Joseph with his little trick um, and trap. Another thing that I noticed with this final... Hamon? Yes. <laughs> with this, <laughs> this final Hamon that um, Joseph uses against cars, you know, like the colors kind of invert in very key moments. I think I noticed um, as... Joseph uses Hamon overdrive on cars. The colors revert, and it almost looks like Joseph has become Jonathan at this point because he has, like, the purple colors that are typically associated with Jonathan. I don't know if you noticed that. No, I didn't notice that, although I was excited that he used Hamon overdrive. Yeah, so I guess also that that's in homage to to Jonathan as well. Um, Maybe it's just another moment where we see Joseph develop uh, fully as the the joestar champion of this generation i love it hamon overdrive zoom punch all these callbacks to to jonathan i think are are fantastic um and i think after this moment when uh cars gets tricked he admits that joseph fooled him and joseph said i never thought i'd hear that from you cars and it's great like that was a great moment it was a great win for joseph but in truth it's all just to throw joseph off the scent and get him to lower his guard because I think in this moment, somehow, inexplicably, inexplicably, is that how you say it? Yes. Okay, inexplicably. <laughs> as inexplicably as Joseph using the rope around um, Cars' foot, Cars somehow gets a hold of the Redstone of Aja in, in this moment. We don't ever see it, but like it happens. And then you have that weird moment where he launches briefly into the air and then just falls. Okay, yeah. So th- I love that. because that rigor mortis. <laughs> because Stroheim is so confident that they could finish off Cars. And then, yeah, Cars does this fucking weird, like, body leap and then face plants on the ground. And then Stroheim, like, in that moment, because Stroheim's laughing, right? He's like, oh, we got him or whatever. And when he does this leap, when Cars does the leap, Stroheim just suddenly shuts up <laughs> and he gets all startled. Because like, the, the thing with Stroheim is, is he's constantly a big talker. 
always like he's talking off his game so much and then when shit you know gets real he starts to freak out kind of like with santana when he's laughing at santana and then santana goes into the vents mm, and then yeah. all of a sudden stroheim shuts the fuck up because like oh shit <laughs> shit just got real this is another one of those moments where he's literally laughing at cars and then cars leaps up and in just that small maneuver i mean it wasn't small but in that in that moment stroheim like does a 180 he's like oh shit <laughs> and i don't know if that's the moment where it is implied that cars is able to put on the stone mask um if that's why they added that little bit also that's what i'm thinking because why the fuck else have that it was so random but mm -hmm. yeah when i thought about it more i'm like okay that's probably when he you know without alerting anyone was able to put the mask on was able to insert the redstone of asia that he stole from joseph somehow into the stone mask and then don the stone mask without anyone seeing in that split second even though literally everybody's looking at him in that moment yeah i don't know it's okay. It's JoJo logic. Yeah, but again, it's just one of those other implausible moments of this episode that I couldn't really fathom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then we transition into the backstory, the main event for this episode. And we learn a lot about not only Lisa Lisa, but her husband, George Joestar II. And poor George, he's probably the most forgettable of all of the Joe stars. He never had any lines or powers. I mean, even Holly has a stand, even though it like is killing her in part three. Mm -hmm. Even she has a stand. And yet George is like, he's there because he married Lisa Lisa and helped create Joseph. And that's basically it. And you can't argue that it, it just skips a generation because, again, you, to your point, Holly has has the power after joseph or has some sort of power after joseph the only thing that really gets passed on from george is i guess his flying skills although joseph's oh, yeah, not yeah joseph's not like a very avid flyer as we'll learn in the next episode yeah although he has gotten into what three four plane crashes in his life when he, <laughs> yeah. when he tells jotaro that in part like, three yeah <laughs> you live up to your father's yeah. name. <laughs> i mean to be fair george josara the second did fight in the war he was in the the royal air force i believe the royal flying corps and that that's amazing right like that that's something he he wasn't certainly like some lazy dude he lived up to his Joestar name but just in a different way than the more recent of the generations of Joestars mm -hmm. cuz George Joestar the 1st didn't have anything special about him either but, but he was like the catalyst yeah so. and he had some fucking lines and some <laughs> importance into the story George the 2nd not so much well this he is a motivator to Lisa Lisa's story at very least. true so he has that supporting role. And we love all Joestar, so it's all good. <laughs> but as we learn more about this story, apparently a fucking zombie became the commander of the Royal Air Force or whatever the fuck it's called. And I'm just like, how? How did he do this without ever going in the sun? Or do they argue that because he's a zombie instead of a vampire, he can go into the sun, which is something we've never seen before. Yeah, so this was like the other, I guess this is the final implausibility moment of this episode that I could not... Um, except like how do you blend a zombie into society without anyone suspecting it and then how does that zombie become the commander for what seems like years of yeah. the fucking royal air force and if he was flying too again there's that exposure to sunlight because you fly above the clouds and there's just light all around. i don't know um that 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 just felt like Araki wanted to throw something in to connect back to to the stone masks yeah yeah <laughs> that's probably a good explanation for it 
Um, but we, we do learn through Speedwagon that, um, again, poor George was never, George II was never trained, um, even though he had the makings of a Hamon master, you know, with all that Joestar blood, yet straight so trained Lisa Lisa. I found this to be very questionable because I, I understand Edina wanting to protect her son from Hamon and all of that, but then why have straight so trained Lisa Lisa? Like, I know yeah. she's not your daughter, but she, you know, she's a part of your family now and she marries your son. Like that just, it seems weird, doesn't it? I guess she still wanted someone within the family to have that skill. And so instead of it being her own, her own blood, she wanted the, the bride of her own blood. <laughs> I don't I mean, know. Although maybe to be fair, it wasn't her choice because straight. So is technically the one that. That, oh, he like, was a foster. Yeah. yeah, he was like unofficially adopting her. Um, so I mean, they're all like family in the bigger yeah. sense. But Edina's not the one that raised Lisa. Lisa, so yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's just weird to me. <laughs> and I would think that you know George would have still had an interest in learning Hamon, um, even if Edina forbade him to. Yeah, maybe he was just listening to Edina, or maybe he was more focused on his career as a um, a military pilot. I don't know. There's a lot of things that we could fathom about that, but here we have it. Lisa Lisa was trained in Hamon, became a, a an amazing Hamon master, and George could have had just as amazing of a, a career in Hamon, if that's what you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, a mastery of Hamon, but he never got the chance to do so. And that leads into, so as, as this backstory kind of moves on, um, you find in, in JoJo that there's this theme of quote-unquote bad or like absent parents in the show. Um, and I won't get into that because I think that would be a great topic to have on a discussion episode of Strictly Jojo, and it certainly is on our list, so we'll we'll hopefully do that sometime soon. But in this case, I don't totally blame Lisa Lisa. Um, She wanted revenge for her husband, but when you think about things in the broader scheme, not only is she getting that revenge for her husband being killed, but she's also technically saving more potential victims um, from being eaten by this zombie commander and it's at a huge cost like i'm sure that was not an easy decision for her to make but she's literally one of the only people left that can use hamon at that point it's pretty much like straight so and her and a couple other people probably and who else but her to save everyone from the zombie commander right not only the commander but you know the speedwagon foundation continued to uncover all these stone masks hidden across the world so there's that conflict as well um, they think they help the foundation helps cover her tracks, um, allowing her to have that facility to train Caesar. So there is a lot of bigger implications as to why she can't can no longer um, serve as a mother that Joseph needed. Yeah, and I I bet even if the commander never killed George II, she would still go and kill him. You know, when, whenever she found out, mm-hmm. if and when she found out that he is a zombie connected to the stone mass, because that is her calling. That is the responsibility that's been passed to her as a Hamon user, and essentially what Irina had feared, you know, would be the the fate for for Joseph as well. But then you have best wife who's speedwagon once again coming in and protecting the Joe Stars by helping Lisa Lisa flee England. Um, and as you mentioned, continuing the research on the stone mask. And he's just the, he's just the best. You know, you always got to gotta give props to best waifu speedwagon anytime he's best waifu. 
And the backstory wraps up with Smokey literally shedding tears for Joseph and Lisa Lisa's <laughs> tragic family story. And in this moment, he is solidified for me as best waifu Smokey, just like best waifu Speedwagon. And you've talked about this before, how they, they're very parallel in their relationships with their respective Joe stars. Yeah, and I guess even we find out later that, that Smokey rises to a position of power, much like Speedwagon does. Um, I think he becomes a senator later on. Yeah. Um, as, and obviously Speedwagon becomes the the founder of this foundation. But I just love this moment of Smokey shedding tears after this backstory. It, it feels like something so Shakespearean. Even it, him declaring, like, such a tragic story, such mis- misfortune. Um, <laughs> just something about that. See, it makes Smokey... Although it's kind of campy, I guess, but it, it also makes him very endearing and still very much a part of this the story of Joseph um, as Speedwagon has been and all these other characters. Yeah, Smokey, honestly, to me, is on the same level as, as Speedwagon. I think when you said it before um, in previous episodes, you, you hit the nail on the head that they, they are the supporting characters to these main Joe stars that you can't help but love. Um, and I know Caesar was, you know, best friends with Joseph, but I feel like he's best friends with Joseph in a very different way than Smokey is to Joseph. Mm-hmm. As we transition from the backstory back into present day, the situation with cars, I just think to myself, damn, dude, Stroheim can never just win one. He always gets bested. <laughs> and this time he literally allowed the ultimate being to be created. Like, dude, this this guy just can never win and maybe it's because he's a nazi i was gonna say maybe it's karma for being a fucking nazi i don't know i'm just saying he he has good intentions in these moments as it relates to you know jojo's bizarre adventure storyline um but he just he can't fucking win it's like back when he was you know fighting cars with like the the whole cliff thing they were racing to get the the redstone like that poor guy just can't fucking win one um, but at the very least, he gives us that fantastic shriek, that classic Stroheim shriek when he realizes what the fuck just happened. Yeah, I just love, again, the crack in his voice um, <laughs> whenever he shrieks. But I think it it's just, it's just Stroheim's place in this story. Um, he is the unfortunate catalyst to the final part of, of Joseph's battle against the stone mask users and of the pillar men. Um, and yeah, I would like to think it's just because he's a he's still a Nazi <laughs> at the at the end, um, so you can't give him too much credit in in defeating um, the Pillar Men. And so that brings us to our final thoughts for the ties that bind JoJo. So, what did you think overall about this episode? I love it. I think it's great. Um, I think it it gives us that false sense of hope because we think that Joseph defeated Cars, although I think we can all call that it's not the end of Cars because that's way too easy to defeat the final boss. Um, I love the backstory. As I said multiple times, I find it incredibly important to part two to Joseph's overall story and, and kind of what, what that means for him in the future. Um, and I think it's a great kind of, you know, third to last episode it sets up something really really major for the final two episodes with cars you know achieving his goal of becoming 
the ultimate life form. And we get that fucking great meme of his space face in the meantime, or as it's all unfolding. And the episode ends on that, too. I know. Right? It ends on the space face. It's fantastic. It's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, this was a, a good episode. And, you know, despite the implausibility of certain parts of it, I think it felt like the right moment to get a little bit more of Joseph's and I guess more so Lisa Lisa's backstory um, in this aftermath of Cars's supposed death um, before the show or before the series launches into the, the two-part finale for part two. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but it's interesting because I think this episode kind of continues this element that I've seen in, throughout part two of where the antagonists have this sort of abrupt ending to their battles at the start of an episode. Um, and then you have it coupled with this quote-unquote transitional feel. Um, so Cars kind of rounds that out with the trilogy of Pillarmen uh, battles. But again, the ending nonetheless still heightens tension as you find out that Cars isn't actually dead that he has risen on the third day <laughs> um, and you are left to wonder how the fuck Joseph is now going to have to stop a little god, literal god at this point. A little god? A, like, little, a literal <laughs> He's a pretty a big literal god. <laughs> god. Um, and so, yeah, it just sets up so much more implausibility, I guess. But it's I can't wait for these last two episodes. And it's crazy. Two episodes left in our journey through part two of JoJo. We've got the birth of a super being next, and then it ends with the Ascendant one. Um, not that these titles, you know, kind of mean much, but for those who've already watched the show, you know exactly what's coming. And um, I guess a quick update, but not really an update. Um, at this point, uh, as of recording, we still have not gotten a confirmed... Um, premiere date i guess for part six stone ocean it still just says december 2021 um still says netflix although we did i think see some something about netflix removing the monthly episodes thing from their listing for part six yeah so someone pointed out on twitter that netflix had removed any sort of jojo content from their media center but it i believe they put stone ocean back up in that media center but now there's no mention of the release frequency of the episodes. Because originally it was it said monthly on there and people yeah. were like us were freaking out. So I'm just wondering if they're negotiating with the production studio or, you know, whoever the heads are um, in charge of JoJo so that the fans can get a proper release for this upcoming part. I want to... To me, it's not... This is purely an assumption, but... Just based off of Netflix's approach to shows and, and to anime, I feel like it would be Netflix that would want monthly releases because they love dumping like bulk or mm -hmm. like dumping a whole series or dumping like a bulk of episodes. Um, where the house husband was a two part dump, they just dumped everything. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like it would be Netflix who who wants that, and probably less likely the um, David Production or whoever's managing that would would want monthly releases. They probably want to stick to episodic or episodic weekly releases. I think this was a compromise that they tried uh, Netflix tried to reach with the studio um, to still work within their you know bulk release model, but again. I think I can speak for the majority of us when I say that weekly episodes are preferred. 
hundred percent. And maybe part of the reason that that's in negotiation or that that piece of it was removed from Netflix is because of the fan outcry. Because I, I I think it was a pretty strong like negative reaction when someone noticed that it said monthly on there. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. So yeah, no no confirmed premiere date. Um, just still says December. Um, our our plans are still in motion for um, our our in between episodes. You know, between part two and part six, we've got um, a guest lined up. We are working through scheduling. We are working through um, a discussion topic. But we will have a guest on for one of our November episodes. And depending on when part six actually premieres, we are still planning to do lots of other JoJo type discussions because um, we, we haven't had a chance to do a lot of those. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. So look forward to that. And in the meantime, that wraps up episode 24 of Strictly JoJo. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash strictly series and subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every other Monday. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series and connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com to share your thoughts on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Cars's Space Face. You'll also find more info on Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. Thank you so much for listening and sharing our love of JoJo. Stay weeb, everyone. To be continued. Then head over to patreon.com slash the strictly sheer fuck <laughs> the strictly sherry's <laughs> then <laughs> then head over to patreon <laughs> oh, take I a breather it. I got, you it. got it and during this fight i just have to call out sars sars cars SARS. <laughs> both very dangerous things okay, sars and on. cars <laughs> hang on okay okay, okay.